Welcome, dear listener, to the fourth episode of Queer Sounds, a podcast that examines queer people's taste in music. My name is Hannah, pronouns they, them, and this is actually the first episode that's been recorded after we've gone public. Um, first three episodes are available now over at QueerSounds.com or Spotify, and if everything goes well, you'll be able to listen to this one as well. I mean, obviously, Yara, there's the place you wouldn't be listening to this intro that I'm speaking right now. Um, with, na- uh, with me in the studio today is Iris. Iris, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. Uh, could you please introduce yourself to our dear listener? Your name, your pronouns, what you do in daily life? Yeah, my name is uh, Iris. My pronouns are they, them. And in daily life, I'm a tattoo artist slash illustrator slash graphic designer. All right. Pretty cool. Because um, the, the, the tattoo scene and music scene are pretty closely related, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Could you describe, uh, describe how? Um, well, I mean, the most noticeable thing is uh, if you go to tattoo convention, there's going to be concerts. I think it's because uh, historically tattoos have been something, I mean, initially that was uh, done on or by uh, outcasts outsiders pretty much uh and i think alternative music has been an outlet for a lot of those people as well um as well as being a musician is one of the 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 few jobs where you can be heavily tattooed and get away with it is that also how you got involved with it no (laughs) no how did you get involved with it um i was actually interested in tattoo art from a very young age. I can't remember how we got a really big stack of National Geographics uh, at our uh, home when I was younger. I was like eight, I think. Um, and that's when I saw uh, more tribal tattoos, like of Amazon tribes, facial tattoos and stuff like that. And I just thought the idea of having uh, art permanently on your skin was super interesting. Uh, so that's when I first like really learn about tattoos and then you start spotting it more in you know life around you on people around you and stuff like that see how it's different in our culture so yeah it's been there from a very young age actually when did you get your first oh i was pretty old at 22 oh all right yeah when did you set your first when did you start tattooing? Uh, I started tattooing. Um, I started my apprenticeship in 2009 and I started tattooing like, oh, I think almost a year into my apprenticeship. I think a little bit less, maybe. How did you even get involved with uh, with with tattooing? Like, you, I can understand that you can appreciate it aesthetically, but how do you even get into that world of tattooing yourself? Well, it's, it, it was a bit of a challenge for me. I mean, the the kind of cliche is to um, have a lot of tattoos yourself, know a lot of uh, tattooed people, tattoo artists. I didn't really have that. Not a lot of people in my circles were tattooed, uh, definitely not in my family. But I, like I said, I was always interested in it. I did graphic design and um, I was 24 when I got a burnout uh, and I quit my job not long after. And that's when I had to sort of reevaluate what I wanted in life. <laughs> and that's also when the, mm-hmm. the, the uh, what is it, the, the credit crisis. The, oh, yeah, financial crisis. Yeah, yeah. That, that all happened and it was really hard to get work. So it's like, okay, I've literally, I was like unemployed for half a year and I was like, I have nothing to lose. What do I really want to do? Mm-hmm. And my biggest issue with graphic design, I love the job, but there was always somebody in between 
um, the person making it and the person giving the assignment. Right. Uh, like an account manager or communication manager, some kind of manager. Um, and I'd rather work with the people that want the thing. Like I want like to have that. Try to cut out the middle person. Yeah, there. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because there was so much politics involved and people that in between already had their opinion and sort of changed the briefing a little bit to suit what they want. There was just so much drama involved. It was like, I just want to know what they want. To yeah. Tell me. You tell me what you want. We'll get it done. No, no bureaucracy. That yeah. also kind of, it feels like that really ties in with what you said earlier about the, the outcast thing. Like we're not going to, we're going to get rid of business structures. We're going to get rid of bureaucracy and just do it our fucking selves. Yeah. And like people like humans, not structures and, business models and shit like that just tell me what you want and if i can do it i'll do it it's to tie back into the music that also comes back into the the, the diy scene doesn't it i can clearly see the, the 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 similarities there getting into our first track of the day uh, can you tell me what it is yeah it's a uh, try again by Aaliyah. these R&B jams I'm really digging it oh, nice. Good. me too yeah. obviously uh, why did you pick this track because it's dare I say iconic yeah um, it's the very first uh, well piece of music that I spent my money on ooh nice the very first single that I bought yeah this was it I like thought about it for a while actually because CDs were pretty expensive hard to find I live in a small town so I had to go somewhere probably taken by my parents I can't even remember where I bought it I just know I bought that single that was my first CD um, yeah I was mostly at the time listening was it already yeah I was probably already getting into new metal and stuff like that through my older brother um, and I mostly got music through my parents through my brother or through like mtv tmf stuff like that mm -hmm. um yeah this song just really stood out to me also because uh, i was heavily into anime heavily into uh, japanese but also asian culture heavily into martial arts movies so to have uh, the um Aaliyah jet lee crossover because it was done for it's a soundtrack for a movie Mm -hmm. uh, that completely piqued my interest. I was like, oh my god, Leah's doing stuff with Jet Li. How is this possible? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's why I picked that track. All right, sounds cool. A little bit about the track. Uh, 
call try again uh let's see um it's released in 2000 uh february 22nd and Aaliyah themselves uh obviously uh went down in history as the artist that a had uh, this kind of an illegal marriage scandal with r kelly and b died uh incredibly young 22 uh, a year after this single was dropped onto brighter things though i really love the production on this timbaland always delivers oh yeah oh he's so good i think he produced so many of the tracks that i like around that time he's worked a lot with missy elliott as well mm-hmm. also iconic uh yeah but it was pretty good time for music i mean yeah it depends on how how it depends on what your view is yeah oh well because you know uh, there were every every era has its great genre, uh, and I'm guessing, especially in Europe, uh, it was this kind of R&B sound. Uh, whereas, I want to say in the US it was more pop punk uh, focused. I could be completely wrong though. Was this also your first introduction to Timbaland? Um, no, I I've been listening to Missy Elliott for a bit. Um, and I'm not sure if he actually re- he he released some tracks on his own as well. I think. Or oh at yeah. Least, like heavily collaborated with other people. He he did collaborations with everybody around that time. So yeah, I was familiar with his. I mean, and Timbaland for me, uh, uh, because I'm I'm th- I think I'm a bit younger than you. Uh, Timbaland for me was always uh, the dude next to Justin Timberlake. Yeah. <laughs> He just did some cameos and everybody's like, who's that guy? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's actually really funny to, to notice the similarities between, say, um, uh, Justin Timberlake songs and, and, and this one. But yeah, tell me about yourself. Uh, you listened to this track in high school. Um, was that kind of your your jam back in the day? Like those, uh, those R&B hip hop kind of tracks? Um yeah i mean it was something like none of my friends really listened to it was something that i would put on myself um i mostly got into like i said new metal it came up around that time yeah i don't know at that time mostly uh the music that you got i got through um television mtv so it was uh, either stay up late to get certain or to skip certain sections of the program like i hated the grind and stuff like that but you had mm-hmm. i think it was on tmf you had stuff like headbangers ball which was metal which was great uh most of the like timbaland produced stuff got played during the day anyway yeah so like more the the more acceptable poppy section yeah pretty much i i mean obviously i like the late night stuff more like after 11 when when stuff didn't get censored anymore i mean i also watched mtv at the time I'm going to show my age for real now, though, but I watched the cartoons on MTV as well. Uh, Aeon Flux, um, uh, the Max, Beavis and Butthat. Oh, yeah, obviously. Stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah, I got a lot of mu- music through Beavis and Butthat as well, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, just because of their, their, their metal kind of parody stuff that they've got going on, because... Yeah, I mean, sometimes they play good music. Sure, they were shitting on it, but it was still <laughs> worth looking up. Okay, but that's kind of contradictory, though, because uh, this is the track we've played just now, Try Again by Elia, and here we go talking about metal. Where's the link? Uh, well, I don't, I don't think there really is any. I really like... 
music all across the spectrum. I don't really stick to one. I, I always say, like, if people ask me, what kind of music do you like? I just say, like, I like good music. Okay, that's... Uh... It was just, for me, metal, I really loved it, but it was also easier for me to get into because my friends were into it. My brother was into right. it. He took me out to go to parties and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. For going out, I was much into metal new new metal mostly at right. the time um but at home i listened to a lot more diverse music uh how did they how did your friends react like like what kind of people were they were they uh were they kind of elitist oh yeah very It's like you listen to r&b what is this yeah i mean my most direct friends weren't that judgmental especially because i mean often they were like yeah judgmental like that's the word i was looking for yeah yeah, yeah very judgmental it's very there was there were in some i mean i grew up in maastricht it's the south of the netherlands and mm -hmm. it was a quite it was a really small alternative scene so everybody knew each other and there were certain parts of it that were very gatekeepery and elitist about what you weren't supposed to listen to but especially in hindsight especially new metal has been such an interesting genre because it's so much mixture with rap music mm -hmm. even like if method man did a track with limbiscuit i mean <laughs> at that point people couldn't really complain about people listening yeah. to rap and hip-hop anymore it's like come on you've took so, you've taken so much from it and put it in your music you're listening to it right now come especially on. in hindsight this 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 r&b and rap stuff aged well new metal yeah. is just it's not done to listen to anymore I don't know. That really didn't stand the test of time, if you a ask me. A lot of me. it didn't. Some of it did, but no, a lot of it, I mean, no. I mean, what would you say did, if we're talking about new metal? What artists Um, Well, artists, I mean, some of them, especially because I've seen a lot of them live, and a lot of them are very disappointing people. But I mean, some older tracks from, like, System of a Down are still All right, yeah. really good. Uh, we used to listen to a lot of tools while we went out. That was, It's not really new metal, but, you know, it was still in that played in that sphere mm -hmm. um i don't know what else holds up i mean lincoln park wasn't that bad oh no yeah but you yeah. you you got me on a soft spot there because lincoln park was kind of my gateway into alternative music so. oh really nice oh, that's really not a bad gateway i really love that they used uh the dj with it as well like a completely new element i was oh, yeah. so into that and i loved their really bad computer graphic music videos <laughs> all right yeah that's that's true that's true that's that is that is great um i'm just kind of amazed by how well you're doing because you're just literally answering the questions i've got prepared before i even asked them <laughs> <laughs> sorry for uh, stealing your job away sorry. yeah no that's it's 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 great um uh, moving on to the next track though it's more recent a lot mm -hmm. more recent uh it's called Batches and Cookies, Lizzo featuring Sophie Harris. Batches and cookies, I got my batches and cookies, I got my batches and cookies, I got my batches and cookies, got my batches and cookies, I 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 got my batches and cookies, got my batches and cookies, I got my batches and cookies, I got my batches and cookies, I got my batches. Remember that gooey booey you uh -huh. took and said ooey ooey I need two or two wee of these for my baby booey ooey Floating like boobies, now you got a nice pair like some boobies And you high up that doobie doobie with your mystery machine Feeling bad where you should be, beep don't make nothing cheapy Hanging with them creepy creepies, that's it in them bathroom peepees Looking holy holy, while looking through them holy holies Holy guacamole, you got that gooey 
I got my batches and cookies. 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 I got my you pointed out the lyrics. It's it's hilarious. Oh, it's so it's hilarious. They've got they've got Scooby Doo references. That kind of thing they've got. They keep going on with the ooh cookies, ooh cream. It, mm-hmm. I'm loving it. I think batches is just you know slang for bitches. I just what ca- is cream then? Semen? Mm, I don't. I don't possibly. think. So. Possibly. But yeah. Uh, Lizzo as Queer Artist of the Week. That was a song called Batches and Cookies featuring Sophia Eris. Released 2013 from Lizzo's debut album Lizzo Bangers, which is an amazing title. Uh, and it's such a good album as well. I haven't actually listened to the whole thing. Uh, I've heard her recent work because that's what's popular now. Yeah. And may I add, well-deserved because it's about time someone like Lizzo actually breaks through um albeit uh only after releasing three albums but yeah Liz, Liz is great could you t- tell us about lizzo what do oh, you lizzo has my heart like ev- my mind everything oh she's amazing i i i'm not usually very obsessed about the people behind it so let's see what do i know about lizzo i know she's from minnesota there's Min- tons of references to minnesota or maybe like two or three <clears throat> i don't know in the song played just now mm-hmm. uh she used to be in band she plays the flute she plays it really well um and a lot of her songs um they're for the underdog and they're also very much about empowerment and positivity and yeah i don't know Lizzo is great i can just gush about her basically yeah, what, from what I've uh, looked up before the show, apparently she is, um, you know, a great uh, body positivity uh, advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also in the activist kind of sense, uh, with uh, all plus size backing uh, backing dances. And all women team as well. Some as she's done that at times as well. Oh, that I wasn't even aware of that. That's great as well. Um, from what I've uh, read on her uh, in an interview. Uh, tying into the quit bit of it all. You know, the rainbow flag is a uh, rainbow for a reason. That's because it's a spectrum. I don't ascribe to just one thing. That's just not working for me. Um, and as ambiguous as it is, it's... it's, it's she's, she's absolutely right. Yeah. Like, when, when one thing works for a person, that's cool. But that doesn't mean it works for everyone. Yeah, and what works at one time may not work at another. Stuff changes. Yeah. Uh, does that kind of thing um, resonate with you as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. How would you describe your own queerness? Um, yeah, I mean, I can lay out all the labels. I always find it super intimidating, but it's easiest. Uh, I identify as polyromantic, gray sexual, non-binary. So that's the whole spectrum of the queerness, I guess. So genderqueer and your sexuality all right and um when it comes to uh your artists do you tend to listen to people who also um the when it comes to your music taste is also tie back that way like listen to people who have similar uh romantic or gender identities well not necessarily especially because you know the whole pan thing um mm-hmm. i 
can pretty much identify with almost anything. If a guy sings a love song about a girl, that's nice. If a girl sings a love song about a girl, that's nice. If a non-binary person sings a love song about it's whatever, it's all I can sort of identify with that. But I did, I never really um, seeked it out all that much until uh, more recent years. And that is when I started noticing that having that perspective in music is very nice it's a very nice coming home kind of feeling um so while i don't know i didn't used to seek it out i I am a little bit more like on the lookout for it nowadays all right um how about your your own queerness though if i may call it that um like when did that's when did you become aware of that is that always that has always been there or yeah oh since a very young age i've known I just never really had a lot of representation or, you know, nothing really much outside of heteronormativity. That seems to be a recurring problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. I I already I knew from a very young age. My parents have been pretty open about um, like homosexuality and stuff like that. But in terms of gender, they're just very limited and or used to be very limited in their own views as well. So, yeah, I knew, but it wasn't something that I did something with in the sense of, you know, internalized queerphobia is a, a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, painfully so. Like, and and um, did you, after that, uh, take active steps to try and get rid of that? Or did that just kind of water down al- along the way? Mm, I mean, uh, also during childhood, I have sort of taken steps i don't know just had a rebellious streak so when people started calling me a dyke i started playing into the stereotype more i was like oh, okay fine if you think that's what i am i'll, I'll be extra dykey for you so without actually doing that consciously for you know queerness i did it yeah as a reaction i think but it wasn't until much later that i started i don't know seeing it as more of a something that I should should give expression to, basically. Right. The one thing that sticks with me the most is the gray sexual thing, because out of all the things, it sounds like the most difficult to pinpoint. Oh, oh stop. Yeah, it's, especially because it's something that um, I started considering not even that long ago. It was something that was on my radar since I was, I don't know, 16, 17 but um yeah i was just really trying to fit in be normal and do what normal people do especially when it comes to that sort of stuff my parents have asexuality has never been part of any discussion not um, amongst my friends not at school not relative nowhere never so i just figure you know i just need to (laughs) try harder to be a normal person Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's also why I identify as gray sexual. There's definitely been parts of my life where I have felt sexual attraction to people and felt comfortable in it in a way that I wanted to pursue it myself. But that's very rare and, you know, sporadic. All right. Yeah. And it's only pretty recent that I started considering like, but, you know, how would I have handled things had I known about asexuality, had I known about it being okay to set boundaries and... You know, just the, the the whole feeling guilty about 
blue ball syndrome and that sort of stuff. It's been rough. <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet it is. Really. You're just thinking about blue balls now. I, the thing is, I'm not entirely sure what blue ball syndrome is. Uh, it, it's non-existent. It's not a thing. It's nothing. Okay. It's just a, a, something that, you know, some dudes use to trick, to guilt trip, uh, you know, the people they sleep with into Ugh. sleeping with them. Like, but yeah, but I'm all aroused now. What am I going to do? Like, I'm, it's going to, I genuinely believe that it would ache after a while and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, don't, don't believe it, people. Please, blue balls is not a thing. Please, yeah, no, no, it's not. Never. And if they do have blue balls, then just really, they need a doctor. <laughs> All right. So um, th this is a PSA. If someone actually has blue balls, um, call, call, call 112, 911, whatever area of, you live in. Uh, and otherwise, paint them green. Pretend it's not a problem. <laughs> some contouring <laughs> <laughs> now getting back into the music though because um for someone who uh is said to have listened to a lot of metal uh and alternative music again this is a rap and hip-hop track i'm just kind of loving the consistency here <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i mean i think what i find interesting like i said i most people around me listen to metal we're pretty could be judgy about what what i listen to but, or what anybody listened to just when i look back the one thing i used to just actively seek out was rap and hip-hop but that's what i used to stay up for to see on the music channels the one single that i bought i mean not that i didn't love metal and stuff like that it was just more exposure so yeah, all right I don't know. yeah but i love it all do you have any like favorites like i know that you're it's pretty eclectic your music taste but do you have any favorites well, other than Lizzo, um, <laughs> Nine Inch Nails, especially later work when they started getting more political and less about, you know, relationships. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just Nine Inch Nails is one of my favorites. Missy Elliott, also okay. one mm -hmm. of my favorites. And out of all of the all of the Lizzo tracks you could have chosen, why did you choose Batches and Cookies? Uh, because she's gotten more popular with songs like Juice, and that's, you know, the kind of music that I think if people know Lizzo, they know their, her more poppy songs. Mm -hmm. And this was a very non-poppy song. <laughs> it also, uh, the music video accompanied with it. It's just really badass. Plus, I kind of, I love music that has a bit of a dissonant. That's, yeah. that is a little bit awkward somewhere, uh, which... The batches and cookies has with the little whistle going through yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I was just about to suggest that that will be what it was. Yeah. Um, yet the the whistle it's it's been done, but Lizzo does it so differently with well, like you said the dissonance in there. Yeah. As of uh, queer artist of the week, um, why did you uh, pick Lizzo instead of anyone else? Well, <laughs> mostly because I've been almost exclusively listening to Lizzo for like a week. I've been on like a Ooh. Lizzo. I have binges where if I've discovered an artist, I just keep repeating their disco discography mm -hmm. over and over again. And that's been Lizzo for a week. I mean, it's not just been Lizzo, but every single day, mostly. I was like, it, it has to be Lizzo. I actually didn't really know much about if whether or not she was queer. So when I saw the assignment, I was like, I have to look up and like, I hope that she's queer because <laughs> I mean, otherwise I'm going to have to 
dig a little bit deeper. But yeah, I mean, then I found interviews where she's, you know, referring to her sexuality as fluid and stuff like that. So like, oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, that's, we can claim her. <laughs> it's like an added bonus. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like we could claim her already anyway because of her uh, activist uh, feminist actions. Yeah. So let's let's see where to go from here, because uh, what art, other artists have you been binging? Like what will be the next? Oh, the do, you, next? do you expect that kind of stuff? Can you see it coming? Uh, I am actually slowly sliding into a binge right now. <clears throat> uh, something completely different. Uh, they're called Ace Waters, or I don't know if it's a band or one person. Ace Waters. Uh, it's uh, electronic music. It's mostly game soundtracks. All right. Uh, and there's one album, I think it's called Determination, The Purple Side. It's a it's an album tied to Undertale, a game, mm-hmm. um, and I think there are tracks that are just remade, remixed, or I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't exactly know what the if the album. I don't think they're soundtracks that appear in the game itself, but they're inspired by. Yeah, and that's been in my Spotify list, popping up more and more, which I've been getting into a lot as well. All right. Do you, uh, I mean I know that you're very much into video games. Uh, do you listen to gaming music often? Oh yes, a lot as well. I uh, mean I I parked it for a little bit because of the Lizzo binge, but otherwise <laughs> it's yeah a lot of game soundtracks. And do you have any favorite game soundtracks? Yes, yes. Uh, Oxenfree. Uh, the game is called Oxenfree, and the uh, soundtrack is made by. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, I'd say scientific, but the name is an abbreviation. It's. Uh, S-C-N-T-F-C? I wouldn't know. I'm not at all a gamer. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's that's the, the name of the artist. Um, and I love the game. Um, but the album itself is really great on its own as well. Uh, I mean, when it comes to gaming music, there are two examples that pop up in my head. I am not entirely sure to what extent you're familiar with either of those. I mean... Obviously, you're familiar with Pokemon, mm-hmm, yeah. um, and especially Ruby Sapphire have this great soundtrack with all of the trumpets going on for gaming music. Um, it's very bombastic, and I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one you uh, is is noisier, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, drum bass, uh, neurofunk kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm really digging that. Is that something you listen to often? Yeah, uh, I also listen to noise. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, I use Spotify, the the made for you lists, and one mm-hmm. of the uh, playlists has a lot of electronic music in rotation as well. Right. Though I think it's pretty much filtered out by now because it's just a lot of Lizzo. <laughs> I mean, it's a matter of time before that will get back in, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I started on that. I really love. Um, like that, you probably know it as well. Soundtracks for basically any Final Fantasy game. Uh, also, like big orchestras, very dramatic. Oh, it's so good. I mean, the Final Fantasy soundtracks that I have listened to are mostly like the calm uh, piano yeah. uh, incarnations yeah. of it. Yeah, uh, those are the ones I, I I like to listen to the most. And it's just amazing how how soft uh, piano gaming music. And soundtracks as a whole, she says, it, it's almost like you're listening to Chopin. It's so underrated. Oh yeah, it is. It's actually a thing that's been that's been going on. Um, 
I, I think it's on uh, on the BBC, uh, what their their classical channel, but also like uh, the Dutch NPO, um, their their classical radio four. That is, um, they're trying to rejuvenate their audience by adding gaming music and and film soundtracks. Nice. Like the orchestrated, uh, the orchestrated versions to oh yeah yeah, yeah. To, to get young people to listen to classical music, and that's a great strategy if you ask me. Oh yeah, definitely. I know quite a few people that went to like concerts based on like games, and they're all oh, yeah. like so happy about it. Yeah. Uh, how would you say that works for you? Like um, because of gaming music, do you find yourself listening to classical every now and again? Um. No, not really. Not that right. I don't like classical music, um, but it's not necessary that I seek out classical artists. I just get a lot of classical music through soundtracks, basically. Do you see a pattern in all of the gaming music you listen to? Because uh, with all of the different uh, companies that make games, do you notice that one specific company has better music than the other? Ooh. Ooh, yeah, definitely. Ooh, um, nice. I didn't expect a proper answer there. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to look up what the game studio is called, but they have made Transistor, they've made Bastion, uh, Pyre, and recently they've done a game called Hades. All right. Uh, and they have amazing soundtracks. It's it's a really, uh, it's the perfect kindness soundtrack for games. It's Electronical music mixed with a little bit more of a classical flair, but it's unique would be a really big word, but it's something else. How how would I imagine that? It's like uh, just a combination of synths and large orchestras, or yeah, yeah, something like that. All right, and yeah. and what aspects of it uh, would that entail? Because you know, classical can be very big, very bombastic, whereas synthesizers can be very minimalistic and and and, and tiny. Yeah, it's not really a big orchestra. It's um, a little bit more toned down from that. Um, especially Bastion has more Middle Eastern influences. All right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and that mixed with uh, not just electronical music, but also something that I find a little bit more uh, distinguishable from like EDM. It's a little bit more quirky also because, you know, it's it's also trying to be suited to a scene happening in the game. Mm -hmm. So it's also in a way trying to tell a story a little bit more than maybe uh, atmospheric kind of stuff. Like you have a boss fight, the song yeah. is going to sound different. Yeah, oh man, I think I really suck at describing what it would sound like. I think it just sounds really good. I'll just, uh, you recommend me a song after we're done recording and I'll put it in the show notes. But do you also sense, uh, uh, do you also notice a pattern while you're gaming? Like, do you notice, do you like the boss fight music more than the ambient background walking around kind of music? Um, That's really hard, I think. The, the more emotional songs, but also because they're usually tied to an emotional scene in game. And that's always going to mm -hmm. be the association you have. Uh, like I really, really love loved the Mass Effect series by Bioware. And there's just certain missions that you work up to for so long and then you start on it. And there's this one song that, I mean, normally I wouldn't care as much about, but when you then have that feeling and like, oh, I remember this is when we docked at the bay to go save the world. <laughs> it just gives you such strong feelings and brings you back to that place. All right. Um, so it doesn't necessarily need to be, say, specific cutscene music. No, not necessarily. 
there's uh, even there a great variety of yeah there's this kind of boss fight song i really like that emotional scene that i like one song uh from oxen free uh i love so much i can't even put it into words and it's a really danky kind of song it's not that great and doesn't sound that great uh but it's just if you know what happened in the game it's so endearing it's so cute it's all right long story short mild spoiler ish if you're gonna play oxen free which has been out for years if uh, it's been out for years it's too late to spoil it just go ahead yeah basically somebody sort of gets a chance to talk to his deceased mom oh wow but it's not really maybe his you don't really know if it is her but she sings to him through the radio Aww. so you hear a song kind of broken playing and then like really soft singing in the background and it's really not much if you just listen to the song but then when you know what it was it's just oh, i get goosebumps just thinking about like it. that the really strong emotional connection to yeah. it that's what makes it good yeah yeah moving on to our next track of the day um it's not even that old yet here we go Inevitable by the Scissor Sisters. Oh, I'm, it's, it's, I love how funky this is. I mean, if we're going to talk about disco, now's the time. Um, in the category best life experience, best life experience, uh, you've seen them uh, 2012. Melkweg Amsterdam. Yes. All right, paint a picture for me. Wow. Uh, so I saw a post of a friend of mine on Facebook going like, my sister was going to go to Scissor Sisters, but she got sick. So does anybody want the tickets? I was right. like, well, at the time they had a few hits that were just, you know, played to death on the radio. I knew they had a far, far more varied, you know, discography. Mm-hmm. I had listened to some more music. So I was like, yeah, could be nice. But uh, I don't know. I'm usually pretty hesitant. I'm like, I'm not, I can afford it myself if I would have wanted to go. So maybe somebody else would like to. And about, I think two hours later, nobody had responded. So I sent him a message. I was like, so are the tickets still available? And he was like, yeah, here, they're oh, wow. yours. Lucky. Yeah. So uh, it was, a, I think, a Sunday evening. We didn't have anything to do. Uh, me and my partner went over. Um, pretty open to what was going to happen. Oh, I remember they were doing a tour because they were promoting their album that uh, Kiki was on they were doing the whole 
Yeah. Uh, and everything. That was 2012. That's also when the most recent album. Uh, Nightwork. Uh, let's let's. I've written it down here somewhere. Uh, no, it's not Nightwork. Um, I can see the album cover. Yeah. Wait. Uh, Magic Hour. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. They were yeah. promoting that one. Yeah. That's been released 2012, and they were probably like touring that album. Yeah. At the time. So yeah, they weren't really that much on my radar, but I was like, could be fun. Sounds like fun. So we're going to go over. And oh my God, it was so much fun. It was the best. It was great. It had everything. It was just an entire show. They had so much energy. Uh, animatronic. Uh, she, oh, I can't remember exactly where she's from. I think San Francisco. Not sure, but she's, uh, she does drag shows a lot. So she's used to like, uh, talking through the or in between the songs to keep the audience going and stuff and she was just so funny so hilarious right uh, on they sounded amazing they had costume changes and everything oh wow yeah but it was a spe particularly uh this song inevitable um and it's also even on youtube uh where just the background singer was so amazing this was the first time that i also, they, they really gave attention to the rest of the band as well, because everybody knows, you know, if you know Scissor Sisters, you know Jake Shears, you know Animatronic, but it's a whole band. It's a whole group of people. Mm -hmm. And they have an amazing background singer, and she does a, a little run at the end of this. That's just so good. Um, so, yeah, I was standing there, and it was a, a great show. But it, w it was entertaining, but it was also, it sounded so good. They all sounded so amazing. It was just a really good time. All right. Um, what I've read on the Scissor Sisters is that they have a habit of doing weird, wacky things like throwing condoms into the crowd. Is that oh. something they did? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't remember it being a, a con condoms being thrown in a crowd, but I do remember a joke that Anna made. She said something like, uh, you're you are all so hot. I'm gonna leave a snail trail on the stage, something <laughs> like that. It was stuff like that constantly, little jokes in between. It was just great, and the way that um, she also talks to the crowd, you feel like you're you're her friend, basically. Right. It was really nice. Um. So yeah, a little bit about Sisters. Sisters. Then, um, like I said, there uh, they released their album Magic Hour in 2012. Most recent one, because after that they went into an indefinite hiatus. Yeah. Uh, they did release uh, a standalone single since then, uh, back in 2017. Uh, it's uh, called, I don't even know, I hardly know how to pronounce this, Swirlk. Uh, and yeah, it's like S-W-E-R-L-K. And uh, yeah, the proceeds to that, uh, proceeds uh, all went to uh, the Corriga Fund, a non-profit LGBTQIA plus uh, charity, uh, which is really cool. Um, I'm thinking it has something to do with the one-year anniversary after the shootings in uh, Pulse. That uh, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, very sympathetic people, very likable. Yeah, they're and, great. Yeah, and, and um, we we talked about this earlier. Like um, we talked about this earlier that how you also could have picked Sister Sisters as your queer artist of the week, but you didn't be just because that live show was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were definitely uh, my number one choice for the, you know, best live experience. And I really just wanted to put Lizzo forward because I think she deserved the world and I wanted to, you know, give her the, the spotlight. Um, 
but yeah scissor sisters uh like i said it's just such a fond memory um it it has happened before that i just went to a concert without any expectations and that's usually the (laughs) best it was either scissor sisters or bush oh okay Bush, I don't even really listen to all that much, but I went to see them live at, I think it was Pink Pop or something, because a friend of mine wanted to go and nobody else wanted to come along, because, you know, new metal people and being elitist and stuff. Uh, I was like, I'll go to Bush with you. And it was was amazing as well. That was also great. Uh, Gavin Rosedale, at one point, crowd served into the crowd and came back without his guitar. He gave it to somebody. It was actually pre-signed and everything. Oh wow! It was amazing. I mean that. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a type of thing that happens accidentally. Like all of a sudden, no, yeah, no, no dive into the crowd and pre-planned. I think he actually took it along to give it away, and it was so. They had amazing energy. When was that? Oh, I can't remember. All right. Ago. I tried to look it up, but they've played festivals more often, and I found it hard to figure out which was the one that I saw them at. I think it was. 17 though so then <laughs> all right <laughs> uh, almost half a lifetime ago yeah no i've uh, i've actually had a phase where i listened to bush as well just because of that that neo grungy type of stuff they had going on yeah uh they actually recently announced a uh, north american tour to celebrate the quarter century uh 16 stone is old oh wow yeah nice oh no my god i'm so <laughs> I'm not, but I, I feel it sometimes, and that's fine. Yeah, uh, no. yeah. Bush yeah. was great. Hiya, people. This is Editing Hannah, and this is a trigger warning. The next bit contains mentions of harassment. So if you want to go and skip that, I'll put a time code in show notes. Do, did, you, uh, did you go to concerts more often? Like, how often do you go to concerts? Oh, nowadays, n- not at all anymore. How uh, come? Well, just um, not feeling very safe in many situations and stuff. And I am used to doing a lot of stuff on my own. I used to go out on my own or meet up with friends when I'm there and go by public transport a lot. And I just got harassed so much over time. I just got so tired of it. It's just not worth it anymore. So, yeah. People are the worst. Oh, God, they sure are. Especially on a night train from Amsterdam to Utrecht. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound like fun at all. Yeah. So, I mean, sporadically and preferably when it's not um, too late or, you know, on a Saturday, something like that. Right. If you would say now, um, go to a great concert or, um, you know, getting a great single, what would you spend your money on? Well, probably on more game music. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, do they do that? Like, release game music on on, 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 maybe on, on vinyl? Bandcamp. No, well, oh. vinyl maybe. I don't have a record player, though. But they sometimes release stuff on Bandcamp. Some of them are independent artists and release themselves. Most of them are just on Spotify. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's not really concert, though. They don't do concerts. Lots of them, that's I think, true. are just people, you know, mixing stuff behind their computer. And in terms of a great show, yeah, I'd go see Lizzo. Okay. <laughs> Just to get back to yeah. her. Yeah. Fair. And how about, like, say, Pride events? Because, you know, there's also something. Um, you know, artists like Scissor Sisters, they're welcome guests at, at, at Pride events, like, play parties there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're hardly even guests, are they? Um, yeah. So, so is, that, is that something you'd still go to despite the 
possible harassment going on? Well, I mean, not really, not anymore. I mean, I went to yeah. uh, Utrecht Pride and then, you know, got harassed. <laughs> Ugh. And was with a bunch of people that weren't really helping out all that much either. So the sense of, you know, safety with people also kind of went away. And it was just a very, very cliched situation where I was just enjoying Pride and then had a drunk dude just starting to shout really ignorant shit in my ear, wanting to talk to me about stuff I really didn't want to talk to him about. And it just was just unending. He couldn't take a hit. Nobody could take a hit. <laughs> not worth it. Okay, fair. Uh, well, no, not fair. Fuck that dude. Um, oh, yeah. Let's let's move on to more cheerful subjects because uh, that's a, that's a segue I've used way too often today. But uh, for some, I don't know, um, disco though, Scissor Sisters, funky as shit, disco. Do you listen to disco? I love disco. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh my god, I love it. It's the best to dance to, really. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's the most fun. It isn't as aggressive as say drum and bass. Uh, which I also find great to dance to, but you know, it's just a lot I less cheerful. I can't dance a drum and bass. It's just too all over. It depends on the artist, of course, but no. I'm just really not good at it. I wish that there, I mean, in the disco era, there were dances that everybody would do and practice. It's sort oh, of, yeah. it's sort of back with, you know, internet challenges and memes and stuff like that, which yeah, every, everyone doing those little uh, Fortnite dances. Yeah. Or, you know, next to the car falling out of it stuff like that i mean it's it's i don't fall out of cars but i still think it's it's a great trend i really wish we i grew up having more of that like we had the macarena <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty oh and the, the, the stop right now from uh spice girls but yeah no those disco dances were oh it's like only one person has to say do the hustle and everyone yes. just kind of know what's going on i would have loved yeah. that so much yeah, no. It's, it, um, would you take active action to to, to reintroduce that to get no, that back? Oh no, I'm way too chicken shit for that. <laughs> I'm really not good at you know the whole dance like nobody's watching. No. All right. Yeah, that's that's I fair. I want to though. Maybe I should. Oh, man, I love it so much that hopefully at one point I just start wanting it badly enough that I just start it. I don't know why not. Is is uh, hesitance the only thing that's stopping you from dancing like no one's watching? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the knowledge that it's, we're in, you know, a day and age where you, you might end up on the internet with oh. lots of hate comments. I've had it happen to friends of mine. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to disco, like what artists do you listen to? Um. Well, so heavy on the Scissor Sisters, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh my God, I'm really bad at remembering names. Uh, like, do you also listen to more old school '70s disco, like Chic or uh, Diana Ross? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Donna Summer. Boney M. Oh yeah, great. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have uh, Do you have a go to disco artist? No, not really. I'm trying to think of a. It's not disco. Oh no, it's not disco. Um, but from that era, war doesn't ring a bell. Oh, I'm gonna. Oh, I'll look it up later. Yeah, it's not a. It's it's not even a disco song. Yeah, no, that's. But that's, that's my that's fair. especially lately been my go-to. I'm really bad at eras. I think it's pretty much a '70s song, but that has lately been. I don't know, a song I've put on to energize me. Oh my God, I 
I'm really blanking on their name. You know the song. I know you know I it. I bet I do. Oh, and I can't sing. Otherwise, I'd sing it for you. Um, but it's not a happy song either. It's about war. I wouldn't know. That's a very broad broad theme. No, war is never good, though. How? That, that's the lyrics, though. How about war, disco? What is it good for? Oh, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't stand this. I'm just going to Google it right yeah, now. Yeah, right. I'm just going to. We're just going to stop recording until we found <laughs> what we've got. <laughs> I'm going to let going to let everyone listen to the tapping of the keyboard. Um, there we go. I, I'm just going to Google the lyrics, too. It's not even disco. It's not even on topic. Oh, my God. It's by it's it's a song called War by Edwin Starr. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It. And uh, I'm not going to play it. I'm going to put it in the show notes because uh, I've got a four song per episode limit. Uh, released 1970. So yeah. Bang on 70s. At least there's that. Yeah. But it's not disco. Yeah, it's a great song. But no, but, I don't have a disco artist that I turn to a lot really. I'm trying to think if there's a song that I replay, but no. It's very much a, a putting a, on a Spotify playlist and then letting yeah. it fill up and treat me to good music. I mean, the one song that does come to mind is uh, I'm Coming Out by uh, Diana Ross because yeah. it's oh. just for the sake of it being so gay as fuck. Oh, yeah. I've been listening to that one a lot recently as well, actually. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's actually a thing I saw. Um, I've been listening to a lot of The Wiz as well. Ooh, nice. Soundtrack. Yeah, no, I just, I just basically love anything that's been produced by Nile Rodgers, uh, uh, including that song. And when I saw Nile Rodgers live, like, and he also played "I'm Coming Up" and with like the two amazing vocalists that that he's got with him on tour. And as soon as they started that song, like people knew. So it, all over the crowd, you just saw these little rainbow flags popping up. It was adorable. Oh, it is so nice. <laughs> Is that that's that's actually something that appeals to me uh, when it comes to disco, like that entire uh, role it played back in the seventies with like um, with 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 queer empowerment. I've watched. Oh my god, I'm drawing so many blanks right now. There's a Netflix show. Oh, the Get Down. Yeah, the Get Down. I've yeah. watched that, and I already knew a little bit about Studio sixty four mm-hmm. and stuff like that kind of scene. Um, Basically, I love Grace Jones, so I already knew a little bit through her. And it's especially the gender nonconformity within that scene that I've mm-hmm. always really loved, as, as well as just, you know, the openness, the carefreeness, the fashion. Oh, <laughs> the yes. The glitter. Oh, yeah. It just looked so dreamy. There's been many times when I looked at those photos and I was like, oh, my God, I wish I were alive in that time. But I mean, as we've concluded by now, I'm pretty much a scaredy cat, so I probably wouldn't even go out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a waste. That's, oh, well. yeah. I'll at cheer least, them on from a distance. At least we would have had the joy of, of wearing bell bottoms without being retro. Yeah, or just what I loved the most were even the really low-cut, like, glittery little nothings. Ah, so good. Uh, We could ramble on uh, about disco forever, but it's about time we play our last track of the day. Here it comes. Tick boom.
boom, me not really care what I'm bumping to. Bulldozer, make room, write that pun for me too. Don't care if they assume, only stop to collect, then I resume. You sleep, I boom, you know I want to test who's better than who. They click my pics and zoom, Chanel on the floor of my hotel room. They wish they all had my leg room, another deal, it ain't even noon. Tour Dior, or sit by the pool, I can do anything except lose. Now what you say is when I choose, this is a bomb you can't refuse. Take yeah, we go from talking all happily and excited about disco to something as aggressive as this. It's uh, it's quite a change, um, but then again, still a great fucking track. Mm. Uh, mostly because uh, it was a hard choice for me because I've been rotating a lot of the previously mentioned game music, um, and there's been a lot of new artists in that as well. But uh, Lekeli is one of those artists that had been in rotation in those, you know, made-for-you playlists on Spotify that I actually uh, kept repeating and at one point looked up and tried to know more about and look up the rest of her music and stuff like that. So she's like the most recent discovery that I've actively looked up more of. Mm -hmm. So I felt that she was very fitting. And also because I just kind of want to put a spotlight on her work. All right. That's that's a pattern, isn't it? Like it doesn't it isn't necessarily the artist you listen to the most. It's just the one who you feel like you should push forward. Yeah, no, I mean I do listen a lot to her music. Um, she, her recent album, um, Acrylic. Acrylic, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a journey. The album's great. It's it's like not necessarily like watching a movie. It's like being taken along in a play and have like her show her life and. Just talk about stuff, about nails, about hair. It's, it's a really good album. Is it all this intense? No, 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 definitely not. Some tracks are really stripped down and very soft. And she's a great rapper, but she's an amazing singer as well. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, what I've read on her is uh, that uh, her album has been released on uh, RCA Records, which, you know, is huge hip hop label. Um, and I would say um she probably it, it it suits her uh like being um as great of a rapper that she is she only gets like the best of the best hip-hop labels out there oh yeah um what i really like about her aesthetic is apparently that she also always wears this mask over her yeah. face or like a bandana yeah is that is that also something that appeals to her for you yeah it it did yeah absolutely why do you mean it did or does yeah no i mean initially when i found out about it that was like okay i thought she was cool but now i think she's really really cool all right does it also have something to do but like is there like some kind of mental connection like you like you said you're being a bit timid a bit of a scanty cat like that kind of hiding hiding away from the world oh yeah i mean uh, she even has lyrics uh, i think it's in a song attitude probably it's of an earlier album where she talks about being an introvert mm -hmm. um which also is like wow you're so you know outspoken but you explicitly mentioned that you're introverted yeah so yeah definitely connect it with that plus uh you know as a, a woman doing something she's gonna get scrutinized like from top to toe uh yeah from top to toe basically mm. uh and to take away you know, one of those things that people like to judge you most on, your looks, I thought was, like, incredibly powerful. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about it that way. Uh, here I go being an AMAP. Oh, Jesus. Um, 
you told me you also discover a lot of great music. Uh, other great music through Spotify. Are there anything? Is there anything else that you discovered? You feel like you should mention? Oh yeah, uh, I really like uh, Abra. Um, she's a young artist. Uh, I think it's mostly R and B that she does. Really love it. Very haunting. Uh, I've also been into Kalela a lot lately as well. Also, just really beautiful voice, really warm music. And I mentioned earlier off mic, Janelle Monet also been listening a lot to her music lately as well, mm -hmm. or just not just lately, over a longer period. How often do you discover new music? Like just every day and all Pretty through much. Spotify? Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 And I love uh, looking up recommendations that people post like on their social media. Um, yeah. I love looking up people that other artists that I like have collaborated with as well. Oh, all right. Uh, it is actually, I mean, I knew about Lizzo uh, for a bit because her music had been rotated into my music, but then she also done a song with uh, Big Frida, which mm -hmm. is, was like, okay, well, if Big Frida is working with her. I really have to check her out. So I like doing that as well. Collabs, see who they've been collabing with. Like, for example, the track we played by Lizzo, it was a collab with uh, Sophia Eris. Is that also an artist you looked up after? Yeah, I did. Yeah. But from what I've gathered, she mostly does stuff with Lizzo at the moment. She tours oh, right. with her. Like then as an opener or something? No, uh, together. Oh, they okay. They perform together. That's pretty cool. Oh, you really have to look up their performances. They're so good. Describe the to me. Spoilers. Um, oh, my God. Spoil it a bit. Wow. I only need one word, really. It's badass. But yeah, it's Lizzo. Uh, Sold. Yeah, right. <laughs> How do I? I mean, it's just so powerful. And they, Lizzo, she's an amazing performer. So she does singing or the rapping and then they dance. She usually has two other singers or dancers backing her. And then uh, Sophia stands in the back. I think she does a lot of the backing vocals, but also like turntable stuff. I'm not sure. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, I was going to say it's just very high energy, but it also really obviously depends on the song that they're performing. But it's just an explosion of energy and dancing and power and energy. All right. But they're uh, within the the last three tracks. Uh, you've got Lizzo, Scissor Sisters and Lakaley. Um There there seems to be a pattern in the sense that they all they all seem very energetic uh, with a heavy uh, with, with, with a large role for uh, appearance and uh, in that also life appearance. Mm -hmm. Is that is that a deliberate a deliberate thing? No. Did you did you notice that? Is that all right? No, not necessarily. No. Tying this show up for a little bit, I always like to uh, like to end on an overarching question: being what does music what role does music play for you in your daily life? Um. Well, I think easiest would be to describe it as uh, music is my best friend. It's what I turn to when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I just want to vent, when I want to get rid of emotions, when I want to invoke them. S somebody, well, something that I can carry along with me as, you know, comfort blanket. It's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a pretty big part of my daily life. Do you have specific artists that you listen to when you're either happy or sad? Yeah. Um, Let's start with the sad. Uh, well, it can be both for the happy and the sad. Uh, high right. Fashion is also a group that I turn to quite a lot. Um, also very heavy on uh, queer influences. Um, and they have 
one song. It's called 18, which I listen to when I want to get uh, energized. Uh, it's a very upbeat and happy song. But they also have a song called Lighthouse, which is just the most comforting, sweetest thing you need to hear when you're feeling sad. So, yeah. Would you label them as quote-unquote favorite artist? No. All right. Do you have one? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. It's Usually I have like um, artists that I'm very heavily into at the moment. Um, on the whole, I mentioned earlier, Nine Inch Nails is also a band that I'll return to a lot. But I don't think I have a favorite. I have many favorites. Going to go ahead and, and, and bring it home. Thank you, Iris, for being here. Um, we've got a whole bunch of new ways to get in touch. Uh, we've got Twitter at QueerSoundsPod. Uh, email uh, QueerSoundsPod at gmail.com. Tumblr, QueerSoundsPod.tumblr.com. And our own website, QueerSounds.com. Um, yeah, thanks again for listening. If you want to... Uh, say hi, got suggestions, got any questions, um, you know where to find us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>